Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK on Wednesday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Phillies over on Eagle 107 right now, leading the Giants 3-0. And guess who's gone deep for the first time in his career? Mickey Moniak with a three-run bomb in the second. Only scoring for the Phillies. So the Rook has hit his first career home run as the Phillies look to avoid the sweep from the San Francisco Giants. And then just one observation before we get to our main topic du jour today with John Hara returning to Penn State. We touched on that yesterday. I just, I get that you want to make a change and try to get a spark if you're Joe Girardi, and it's getting to a point where, especially with the center field issues, where desperate times call for desperate measures. But leading off with Matt Joyce, I just don't know how that is going to change anything for you if that, that's going to make anything better like I said I know guys are struggling McCutcheon's struggling he's usually in the leadoff spot you really only had Gene Segura hitting well he had the 10 game hit streak snap yesterday he was over 2 before he got injured and now he's on the 10 day IL and now Scott Kingery has been called back up too in addition to all that so you continue to see the problems there but I just that lined up yesterday as I briefly mentioned I just don't know how you're going to try to resolve anything offensively but at the same time it's kind of what Joe Girardi has to work with right now so we'll see if the Phillies can salvage things here as they lead 3-0 top of the fifth one out right now in the top of the fifth with the Giants batting Crawford just struck out now we get to Penn State basketball where I know Steve said yesterday that's kind of what he expected, and obviously, you know, he's got the inside track. But to me, that is still... The return of John Herrera, John Hera is the biggest win now of the Micah Shrewsbury era. Just from, based on my experience, I didn't think without knowing the inside track Steve has, I just didn't think he would come back because a lot of grad students usually don't come back for the fifth year. They'll try to play elsewhere. But... 
obviously he liked what Micah Shrewsbury had to say for himself in terms of the program the program for the direction where they want to go a couple other guys of his former teammates or, or current teammates still are returning Seth Lundy being one of them Isaiah Brockington being another and now John Harris back so this has been a, a real good start here for Micah Shrewsbury probably as good as you can get sure you lose Myron Jones but this it definitely could have been a lot worse for Penn State and to get him back he is what he is on the floor he'll work hard we all know that well we know he we have his struggles offensively and this and that but he'll give you that energy you need for from a from a player from a first year head coach's perspective he'll be a good leader on and off the floor like some of the other guys returning so it's a good guy to have in the locker room to at least build this thing remember Penn State is not going to be at least I don't think is really not going to be a full-blown contender next year based on the guys that are coming back but it's better than what they might have had had all these guys leave as Steve said yesterday you shouldn't be wishing all these guys away even though despite the record this is exactly what Micah Shrewsbury needs to build the program and Steve said that perfectly yesterday he needed these guys to come back as many of these guys from last year's team as possible to come back and you've gotten three of the biggest ones back in Brockington Lundy and now John Hera to me I think it's probably the biggest of them all despite some concerns that he brings on the court itself but everything else that he does it's this is a good thing for Micah Shrewsbury and for Penn State going forward so I really like the direction the program's heading in I'm we mentioned before he's got us he's hired I think a very very solid coaching staff I think things just only get better from here for Penn State so we'll get into that a little bit more today Mark Brennan from 24-7 is going to join us at 335 to break this down a little bit further and Steve will join us too from the Stunbury Motor Studio as well as we continue here on the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. so sure about that wisdom I mean have you ever been on 45 between Aaronsburg and Hartleton I don't feel like there's another turn going for a while to how to come back that's the definition of the middle of nowhere I mean, 
I mean, I like the drive. I mean, I do enjoy it. Hartleton's a beautiful, uh, beautiful town, and make sure you go 35, though. <laughs> I mean, oh, they yeah. are waiting. They are <laughs> waiting for you. I mean, so far, so good, but I know they're waiting for you. And <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just I don't think the motor is correct about that. <laughs> Ever been on? How about one ninety two? Yeah, very similar. From Lewisburg going toward Reversburg. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful drive. Beautiful drive. Not a lot of turns. <laughs> All right. You know, it's interesting today. Uh, uh, John Rothstein put out that Penn State was playing basketball with UMass home and home. When did that become news? What that happened 18 months ago. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, you yeah, even mentioned when, it a couple times here on this show. Well, Penn State was going, yeah, because Penn State, when they announced the football game with UMass, Part of that was a basketball series. Okay, so Penn State's playing football with UMass in November 2023. I want to say it's, I think it's Veterans Day. I think it's November 11, 2023. And part of that was a home and home in basketball. Today, it's like John Rothstein put it, Did you see the thing they put? <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, Great, I got to waste my time on something I already talked about. Uh, so it's a home and home. Okay. Look, in basketball scheduling, you have 11 games you have to schedule in the Big Ten. You have 20 conference games, so you have 31 overall. So you have 11 you have to schedule. So normally you're going to be in a tournament. Now, most tournaments are four teams, two games. Every once in a while you get into an 18 tournament with three games. Okay. In fact, Penn State's tournament this past season was supposed to be in Charleston. That was a three-gamer. But the year before, they played at the Barclays Center. That was a two-gamer. When they The year before that, they played at Cancun. That was a two-gamer. So most times, it's two. Then you get the ACC Challenge. Now you're at three. Next up, you have maybe the Gavit Games. Maybe the Gavit Games. Okay. And it's it's not a given every year because there are only so many Big East teams, so many Big Ten teams, so some Big Ten teams have to have to rotate out. But if you get that, now you're at four. That leaves you only with seven games you have to schedule. You try to keep the home and aways to a minimum. So UMass would be one of those home and aways. Um, I'm not sure, but I think they have a return with Seton Hall this year. So that would be two games like that on the road. I would think the ACC Challenge game, after being at Virginia Tech, is probably a home game, so that helps. But that gives you an idea what it's like in scheduling. You have seven, essentially, at the schedule. In some years, if you're in a three-game tournament, now you're at six games at the schedule. So it's not as daunting as you would think because of that. It's like football. With the nine games in the Big Ten, you get to schedule three. But you have to but there's a balancing act that comes with it. 
And the balancing act is you have to make sure that in the years that you have four home games in the conference, that means all three non-conference games have to be here. That's this particular year. Penn State has four home games in the conference this year. So you have Ball State, Auburn, and Villanova all at home to get you to seven. In 2022, any even year, Penn State has five games at home in the Big Ten. All the even years, Penn State has five games at home in the Big Ten. So 2022, even year, five home games. That means you can then take one of your non-conference games and you can schedule it on the road. In this case, in 2022, it's at Auburn. So that's how the formula works. It's not, not anything more complicated than that. You have to make sure in odd years, all three non-conference games are home. And in even years, you have to make, you know, you only have to have two of them at home, which means you can play a home and away with somebody and you have to play that team away during an even year. I know everybody wants schedule Pitt every year and then play Auburn. I think you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't schedule two home and aways. You can't. Because there are going to be years where every every game in the non-conference has to be home to get to seven. And you can only afford to have one non-conference road game in years where you have five because you have to stay at seven. It's Again, if you love wrestling and you love women's volleyball and you love baseball and you love men's and women's gymnastics and you love, okay, whatever the sport may be, women's volleyball, whatever it is, field hockey, men's and women's soccer, this is how you pay for it. <laughs> hey, it's not a big money tree in the back. Well, you should have seen the look on the suit's face when we told him one day there's no such thing as a money tree. You should have seen we look devastated. Because, I mean, I, he kind of banked everything on it. goes back to the time where Coach Hort gave him some seeds and told him it was a money tree, and the suit really believed him. <laughs> but this, you know, that's how you do it. You get guarantees, guarantee games. That's how you do it. Same thing in men's basketball. You, you know, guarantee you buy some home games to go with some home and aways because you have to have some juice in the schedule. Now, you're going to get some juice in the schedule at the ACC game. You can get, usually can get some of the Gavit games, and your tournament usually gives you at least one. I mean, so there's not like there's no juice in a non-conference schedule. There is. The FCS playoffs begin this weekend. If Bucknell won, I think they would have made it. Well, guess who they would have taken on? And and this is Holy Cross's opponent this week. You get the Jackrabbits. There you go. (laughs) Well, you know, the funny thing is is that that if they had won, the suit would have gone on vacation again. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, take a trip to Mount Rushmore while you're out there. Well, there you go. Now, is Doug? Is, I wonder if Doug would have been allowed to go. Probably not. Probably would have made him do it on TV, right? Oh, my almighty! Um, actually, I don't think they would have from what from what the suit told me. 
But I, I think those plans would have been unknown. Well, that's okay. Leading into the game, his plans were unknown. We had no idea where he was. <laughs> no good! No good! No good! Jordan Burns has no idea how he has lived in infamy. <laughs> that's his shot that was missed. That's right. So you don't think I pay attention? Oh, I know you do. <laughs> you don't think I pay attention. I, I, I get a little concerned about that. Mark Brennan, next half hour, we're going to talk a little football and basketball with him. We'll probably start with basketball. See what happened, but it's interesting how I equate how the week has gone with late last week, Seth Lundy saying yes to coming back, John Harrow this week saying yes to coming back. You can equate the basketball situation and spring football in the same way. Micah Shrewsbury now has, instead of looking at the lot and saying, okay, I guess we have to excavate, let's go, he's now walking up to the lot and he's got a foundation to start building his house on. Spring football is the same way. Right, right now, with no game at the end of the month to play, right, you can lay a foundation and start building the house. And then if you need to make some changes as to how you want to build the house, you can. Because there's not there there's a pressure to be better in every single practice. But there's not the pressure of a game at the end of it. Spring practice foundationally sets up training camp. Roster-wise, foundationally, Micah Shrewsbury now has a foundation to work with. Now he can start building the house. It really gives them as a staff, they can sit down as a staff and look at each other and say, okay, so we have this, 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 and this. What do we need to put around this? Now positionally, what do I need to get in November 21? Now positionally, what do we need to get in November 22? What do we need to get in November 23? Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Mark Brennan, next half hour, Donnie Collins on tomorrow's show. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great new inventory. The best in pre-owned inventory, including a 164-point inspection for the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. 
normally we are just separated by one street here in the neighborhood. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring in from 247 Sports, Mark Brennan. Mark, great to have you with us. It's great to be here, Steve, and uh, we have a lot of great subscribers in the Sunbury area. So even though we're here in State College, it's, uh, it's good to be reaching out to those folks. Absolutely. So let's get to the basketball part, then we'll get to football, if you don't mind, Mark. I sure. felt that it was important for Micah Shrewsbury to have guys come back the way they did because instead of walking up to the lot and looking at the lot and saying, okay, let's start the excavation, he's now walking up to the lot and he's got a foundation to start building the house. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. And I also, nothing against the guys who left, but I think the guys who are coming back, uh, you're able to set a good foundation around them, especially a guy like John Hara. I mean, you know, I, I know you look at these stats, and you can look at a plus-minus for a game, and it usually doesn't mean much. But when you look at what he did on a year at plus 58 on this team, uh, you know, that was pretty legit. He was by far the, the highest on the team. And then you have Brockington and Sessoms. Uh, they were second and third. So, you know, Sam never entered the portal. But, you know, I think that is a good nucleus around which to, to, to build. And then with Seth Lundy coming back, uh, there's a guy who, to me, has a really high upside, mm-hmm. was all over the place this season. Like, when his shot didn't go down, the rest of his game uh, suffered. But when he was on, he was on. And you could see that he has the ability to be a serious impact player in the Big Ten. So to be able to build around that nucleus, now let's see who they're able to go out into the transfer portal and get. Uh, I think that was that was big. You know, the other thing I would like to say about that, Steve, is I think two kids who left, um, Trent Buttrick and Patrick Kelly, I think they're a much better spot. I think they're yes, going to be able too. to do things at UMass and Fordham that they wouldn't be able to do at Penn State. So, so kudos to them. Uh, you know, I think they're going to be in a place. It's a it's a better level for them. And all the luck in the world to Jamari Wheeler, who was a great player here for Penn State, and to Myron Jones going down to Florida. You wish those guys luck. Uh, but I think Micah was able to to bring in or bring back, I guess is a better way of putting it, a nice nucleus there to build around. The way I look at it is that if we go back to the summertime, the thought process would be. It was going to be Trent Buttrick's last year, normal. Right. Jamari Wheeler's last year, normal. John Harris last year. Now, Patrick Kelly put his name into the transfer portal back in October before the coaching change was even made. And so right. you know, we, knew, we knew Patrick was leaving all season. Uh, so to me, Penn State, in normal circumstances, has lost a player. It's Myron Jones that they normally right. would have counted on coming back. Of course, Harris a bonus out of it. That's how I look at it. Now they got to figure out what they want to do with the other spots. Yeah, and that's listen. Well, the other part of it is that you know a lot of fans, and it's easier for me to judge this stuff because we have message boards, and people tend to go on there and maybe overreact just a little bit. But a lot of people are <laughs> were in panic mode early in the transfer portal uh, part of it in terms of possibly getting guys in, not realizing this is a long process. There's still, what, 1,700 kids in the tr- or young players in the transfer portal. So yep. it's very early in the process. And I think the fact that uh, this staff was able to get the players it got to come back, that was step number one. I think that was, you know, to me, that was more important than going out and getting a couple of, of, of star players. Like going back to what you started with, Steve, 
you want that nucleus. Again, it'll it'll be great if they could go out and get some former four star or five star player. I don't know whether that will or will not happen, or somebody who played at a lower level who uh, exceeded expectations and now is really really good. And you think it, it could make an impact at the Big Ten? That will be great. But I I think having the the, the foundation and nucleus to bring them into, I think is very important. It also means that instead of now having to really put a lot of time in, Mark, okay, trying to find as many transfers as possible so you're ready for this season, now you can more naturally find fits and really work on November 21, 22, and 23 because now you have a foundation to work with and don't have to put so much work into transfers right now because of the volume you would need. Yeah, and you don't need to get bodies just to get bodies. I know that may sound a little cold, but, I mean, seriously, if you had lost all those guys who went into the portal, you were going to need to get somebody that to actually play. Now you could pick and choose a little bit more. I mean, you could make sure that, number one, it's not only a good player, but that it's a good fit. You know, we've seen over the past few years some people who have come through here who look like they don't fit anywhere. I mean, they, right. they weren't happy in high school. They weren't happy here. They weren't happy with where they went. So yep. I think it's important, especially when someone's coming out of the portal, to, to make sure that they're a good fit. And that's another thing that I would say about the way that this whole thing played out. You had two guys who transferred into Penn State, Brockington and Sessoms. Brockington entered the portal and then came right back out, you know, yep. very early in the process, and Sessoms never entered it. And so what does that tell you? That tells you that when, when Penn State, when Pat Chambers and his staff decided to take these guys as transfers, they made sure that they were good fits for the program. Okay? So when, 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 when uh, some difficulty arises, they weren't looking for the next step immediately. They, they came to Penn State to come to Penn State in, in hindsight. You know, now we know that. We figured it at the time. So that's the thing. So these next players you bring in, you want to make sure that they're good fits for, for the team and for the university so they're not out the door uh, you know, next year because now guys can really transfer all they want. Obviously, he's assembled his staff. He keeps Nick Colella. He keeps Taylor Battle on the staff. Plus, of course, Greg Miskinis and Jonathan Salazar. He's got Aki Collins there. Adam Fisher's now there. Mike Farrelly is there. But one that hasn't been openly announced, but everybody knows he's there, is Brian Snow, who, you know, obviously you know in the pipeline. How valuable was him to get to get him as a recruiting headhunter? Well, for people don't who don't know, he was the he was the lead uh, recruiting reporter at twenty four seven sports. So I'm a little ticked off. We needed him at twenty seven twenty four seven sports. But yep. in all serious, no. I mean, this was something where. Uh, I have not spoken to him directly, but he put out a nice note saying, hey, it was time for him to make a little change in life uh, and uh, wish him nothing but the absolute best. But, no, he's going to be a really great addition, super, super plugged in with recruits around the nation. I mean, he was our national guy for a reason. You know, Now, don't get me wrong. It's going to be important for this staff to, to build on what Pat Chambers and company did down in Philadelphia to do really well in the Northeast, but anymore you have to be able to recruit nationally as well. And I think that's one of the things that Brian's really going to be able to help them do. And he's a Rich, super that, good guy. I mean, it's, yeah. it's going to be fun to get him into state college. 
which I think there's another element to it. Lundy's Roman Catholic. Archbishop Ryan is is Brockington. Sessoms is from Philly. We know Johnny's from Delco. To me, that still keeps the tentacles of Penn State in southeastern Pennsylvania because you and I both know that's where the players in this state happen to be. Yeah, absolutely. And two of the coaches that you're bringing in are have Philadelphia roots. I mean, yeah. obviously, we all know Adam Fisher very well. Uh, but then, I mean, to have two of those coaches with those Philly roots is, is big. And so, you know, to me, uh, I think that probably was part of it. Uh, but it goes back to what we were saying with the transfer portal, Steve. Everything in building a program, and this is what I like that we're seeing out of Shrewsbury. It's not just quick do this for the sake of doing it. Everything seems as if it's being done to establish a foundation. Yes. So the the way he's working in the portal, establishing a foundation, build your coaching staff, establishing a foundation, especially a foundation with where they're going to be able to recruit well. All those things seem to bode well uh, moving forward. And I think it's a coach who's coming in and taking a big-picture approach, which I think if you want to be good over the long haul, that's what you have to do. All right, speaking of foundations, I'll shift gears and get to Penn State football. I've always felt spring practice sets a foundation for what you want to do, and then, you know, so that when you get to the preseason, you're advanced. Uh, people had an opportunity to watch the scrimmage on Saturday. The freshmen had a chance. Some of the media did as well. They'll get another chance with the seniors on Friday. What are your thoughts on what's happened so far? Well, I have to say, I was not in the stadium Saturday. We had uh, Sean Fitz and Tyler Donahue, so I had to listen to the radio call. So I probably got a completely different game than most people. Sorry, that's an old, that's <laughs> an old Fred Fisher joke. And as you know well, that's an old Fred Fisher. No, but it was being able to get your take and Jack's take that uh, was really good. And then obviously to have Sean and, and Tyler. But, I, you know, listen, Steve, I think what what – did we learn this spring? I think it was almost as important as what we learned last year about how important it is to have spring practice. I underestimated how much it was going to hurt not having spring practice last year, especially with a new coordinator. I figured, yeah, you know, they'll probably be able to do things via Zoom and whatnot, and clearly that was not the case. I was completely wrong. So to have a new offensive coordinator, Mike Yurchitz, come in and have the players be able to adjust to his system that to me just seems like the most important part of what went down uh, in the spring. Now, you know as well as I do that what you saw out there offensively probably isn't exactly what you're going to see in a Wisconsin game. They're not going to put anything out there. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they're able to work this up-tempo offense um, and get everybody used to it, that is it's it's invaluable to have this spring and then to have to hear your such explain it afterward i don't know if you had an opportunity to see his media call but wow i mean you're like learning something when when you're listening to this guy talk i know i know i yeah. was and i can only imagine if i'm able to absorb that kind of thing how much the actual players who know the game the quarterback sean clifford and and, and roberson and bayou you know how much they're able to absorb yeah, exactly. Now there's, uh, but there's also another part too. I I too also underestimated last year about, you know, the same way about the offense. Here's the part I didn't underestimate though about not having spring, and I talked about. No, I've talked about it several times, but Phil Trowine had never had to work with guys here 
Right. And John Scott had not had a chance to work with guys here. The lines need hitting. Nobody did any hitting for ten months. Didn't do any hitting yeah. until they got the, they got the pre. Well, and I think I think that set some things back because you had two new coaches trying to figure out on the fly when they finally get the hit as to how it was going to work. Yeah, and what was the one thing James Franklin said after uh, after the scrimmage, the practice slash scrimmage on Saturday? He said he likes to come out of the spring having spent more time on the run game. Why? Because it's very difficult to work on the run game in the summer. Now, yeah. you could work on the pass game because the guys could go out and, and uh, you know do some seven-on-seven seven stuff among themselves. Right, they could go exactly. out and, and have fun doing that and, and learning that the quarterbacks could go out and throw to the running backs. You can't go out there and do the things that you're talking about. And that's, that's, go, that's vice versa, too. That's also de- the defenders. So when you talk about how important the spring is for those lines, that's exactly what he was getting at. You can't necessarily go out there with a full 11-on-11, uh, you know, working on run fits and uh, – you know, drop pass drops and, and all those things and blitzes on defense. You can't do any of that stuff. So to be able to go through that with two new coaches. And then I also think the other side of it, you know, Troutwine mentioned this in his in his media call, and I'm sure it was the same thing for John Scott. When they were working remotely, um, it, beyond the X's and O's, it's very difficult to to get to know the players as much as you would like. So one of the things Troutwine said to us, and this may, this may not sound like a big deal, but as soon as I heard it, I'm like, wow, you know, that he has players over to his house for dinner, you know, offensive linemen every week. So you're getting to – the coach is getting to know the players on a personal level, and I really believe that carries over. I mean, that's been one of the kind of hallmarks of James Franklin's program, right, that whole family feel. Yep. So no. to, to be able to have those guys. Now, I feel bad for him and his wife bringing all those offensive linemen over. I hope he got a raise because <laughs> I can't imagine what the food bills were. But on a serious note, being able to, to, to connect like that, that had to be a bonus. That absolutely could not have been anything. And moving forward can't be anything but positive. Yeah, no, I no, I understand exactly where you come from. That's I think that's exactly right. Developing that relationship means a lot no matter what you're doing uh, along the way. Uh, one final note, uh, Marquise Wilson is now the, an, in an athlete spot. We've seen Kalen King. Uh, and I know Jack and I talked a lot about Brandon Smith going inside, but you can't do that unless you have Curtis Jacobs. To me, it's it's the whole part of it. It's not like, hey, Brandon Smith's playing inside. He's near the, near the line of scrimmage. You can't do that unless a guy like Jacobs is playing well. You can't move Marquise Wilson over to take a look at him on offense unless you've got enough guys playing at corner. I think they've developed some depth here. Oh, I mean, at cornerback, it's crazy. I mean, they're going to have to find ways to get good players on the field. I mean, it's, it is going to be a challenge. Uh, you know, when you bring up Jacobs, I, I usually am not very critical of, of Brent Pry, but looking back on it, I've written this, and I respect Brent Pry. You know that. I, I really respect yeah. him. I think he's a tremendous coach, and if he wants to be, it's going to be an outstanding head coach, just a great communicator, great recruiter, does all those things well. But I look back at last year, and, you know, in hindsight, I wonder if they shouldn't have tried to get Jacobs on the field a little bit more last year. Now, I know that they're always going to err on the side of playing somebody, you know, 
too few snaps as a, as opposed to too many too early. Uh, but just the, the trouble that they had at linebacker with, with guys uh, doing things in space and that sort of thing, I, I just I, that's the one thing I look back at. So I'm glad to see that they're, that they're able to do that. And you guys have addressed it. Uh, you, you addressed it a lot during the game. You know, Brandon Smith, to me, I think that's a good move for him. Um, he is built to, to handle that sort of play. You know, mm-hmm. the one thing that Jack was saying that, that, that really stuck out to me is it's different because there's people, you know, there's all sorts of traffic and stuff coming at you. So there's obviously a mental aspect to it that he has to get used to, but physically he's obviously right there. So I think, you know, linebacker-wise, I think starting uh, they're going to be good. They have to figure out what their depth situation is. You know, is it going to be is, – is, does Lucado when he gets back, is he able to play some of that Mike position – uh, but defensive back, especially corner, I think they're in great shape. Safety, uh, everything we've heard about Jair Brown has been you know, really, really good. I think the key there is going to be developing depth. Mark, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today. Appreciate it, Stephen. And, and uh, again, a, a big hello to all those people out there in the central part of the state. I'm from Hazleton. So that's kind of in between here and there, and I have a lot of friends from that area. So I hope everybody's doing well. Mark Brennan joining us from 247 Sports. Come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have uh, Mark Brennan on the show today. Appreciate the time he gave us from 247 Sports, talking about a wide variety of uh, topics, obviously. So just great to have him with us on the show again. My thanks, Peter King, for being on the show yesterday. Uh, we would have had the suit on last week to talk about the championship game, but he was on vacation. <laughs> F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul You know, certain languages, it actually comes out as S-U-I-T. Suta. Oh, we forgot to have him do that when he joined us. It's all right. Don't worry about it. I just realized that. He has a microphone. True. The suit will eat it up. He loves the publicity. (laughs) It's uh, fabulous. Ah. You know, it's nothing like... When's the last time you went on vacation, man? Uh, um, that's actually a good question. It was sometime in the man, summer last year, but I forget. For me, it's been two years. 